TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christoph, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Damien Christoph, and I'm at the Thrive Symposium, the Ancestral Symposium in Manly, Sydney. It's 2015, and we're in March. Now, the reason why I date stamped it is because at this point in time, there's people around the world talking about sugar. And I'm hoping that at some point it's going to shift. Now, I'm left all by myself, all lonely. I know I've said it before. I'm in Sydney all by myself. Lawrence left. He's gone to New York. He's having fun. He could be meditating, doing yoga in Central Park. Who knows? I don't know what he's doing. Probably he won't be sipping latte, let me tell you. But Brett will be, at the moment, at this point in time, still adjusting. He's in practice. So he's saving the uh, saving the world one spine at a time right now. And, uh, and that's exciting. So good on those guys. But I'm here, and I've got the... Enormous privilege and pleasure to be able to interview a nutritionist who's changing the world. She's speaking in circles that I could only dream of, and she's doing an amazing job. And she's speaking primarily about getting back to real food. So I'm not going to talk too much. I'm going to bring on. I'm going to invite to the Wellness Guys podcast Michelle Chevalier Hedge, and uh, and and I missed her lecture today, but I'm spewing because I wanted to hear more of it. But welcome to the Wellness Guys, Michelle. Thank you, Damon. Thank you for having me on. It's great to have you here and to listen to what your message is about sugar and to listen to what your message is about having serotonin from your food and to living an amazing life and an enlightened life um, through food, that floats my boat because that's exactly how I like to talk as well. And, and so when the opportunity came up for an interview, I thought, why not? What a great idea. So tell us, what are you doing at the moment, Michelle, and what's your message? What are you trying to get out there? There's so many things in the nutritional space that we can talk about, but one of the things that is the fundamental philosophy of my practice and my low-sugar lifestyle program is the fact that moving to clean eating and real food, unprocessed food, with low sugar, not no sugar, but low sugar, can, yes, of course, affect the physical body. But wow, it can affect way, way more than that. And it can affect people's mental health and then their emotional resilience. And so part of my journey has been pairing food with mood, anxiety, depression, and the nutritional transformation that can come about when you start to get your nutrition and you underpin yourself with good, clean, whole foods. I'm loving that. I'm loving that. And it's, uh, it's nice and refreshing to hear that there's other speakers and you've got an accent. I'll point that out. I know that you're from the States. You're from New York. And that's, that's great. We love that. It's good to have more people from the States come to Australia. It's safer over here. And oh, it should be, but I don't know if it actually is anymore. But uh, it's nice to have your wisdom coming from the States over to Australia. And you're and you speaking the same language as us. We're all saying get, you know, get real about the food. Now, I noticed that what you said was have low sugar, not no sugar. Now, in the media at the moment, there's some people who have said, I'm quitting sugar, which means that you've got to leave all sugar behind because sugar's bad for you, could kill you. That's the implication. And you've got, another pe- you've got other people out there that are following a particular way of lifestyle. It's the paleo way. And, uh, and in that lifestyle, there's the, um, the, the demonizing of fruit for example, and, uh, and I was, I've been on stage before where this has been said that uh, fruit consumption is bad because it contains sugar. But that means that you're only looking at one ingredient of the plant and there's so much more to it. So I love your low sugar approach. Can you tell me more about that? 
Absolutely. And um, where our program sits um, has come out of uh, the need of listening to millions of of school children, um, corporates. It doesn't matter whether you're 70 years old or 17 years old. People's fundamental requirements in their body for really good health and mental health are good, clean food, low sugar. So, so we have people with programs, um, as you said, are, are on two extremes. I needed to sit right in the middle of that and talk about the use of using natural sugars was, is quite okay in our diet, particularly for those people that require brain function and additional energy, like students that are studying or athletes and things like that they'll need a higher fruit consumption or complex carbohydrates in the terms of non-glutinous grains. Their bodies require that. They're nutrient-dense. They're full of antioxidants, phytonutrients, fiber, all fantastic things. In terms of quitting sugar completely or in terms of going completely paleo, There is a time and a place for those types of approaches, and it just depends on a person's bio-individuality. So I developed this low-sugar lifestyle plan so that it was for everyone. It was not for wealthy people or people that were already in the nutritional space. It was for people that needed to move into clean, whole food eating with a non-extreme approach. I'm loving that. I'm loving it. It's really good. And I was talking with the Merrymaker sisters just before. How funny are those girls? Oh, they are fantastic. Part <laughs> of my program that, that is the Low Sugar Lifestyle, I went out to people like Pete Evans, the Merrymaker sisters, um, uh, Teresa Kerr, um, many, many chefs, even the chefs at Thrive. And I said to them, this is a collaboration. I said, we are going to create recipes that are so damn tasty, so damn simple, and so healthy. And I said, and you guys are going to write them. And I said, and what we're going to do is we're going to put them under this umbrella called Low Sugar Lifestyle. I said, but there's a requirement. And, and, and the Merry Maker sisters were all over it. They were so wonderful. And they, so the requirement was that every, all of the ingredients had to be able to be purchased at your local supermarket, right? right? So that the average Joe Blow who lives out in Whoop Whoop didn't have to go to a health food store. That's scary for people. So they had to be purchased in a supermarket or uh, or one of your local supermarkets. Um, It had to be made in less than 30 minutes. It had to have under seven ingredients. It had to be economical and accessible. So they all agreed, all these top chefs and foodies and everybody, they did a brilliant job. Once they submitted their recipes, so we have this beautiful array of recipes for 28 days on the online program, I said to the recipe makers, now you need to include a spot where it says, turn dinner into lunch the next day. Because people are busy, Damien, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Moms and dads want to get their families healthy, but they're time poor, right? And they don't want to be overwhelmed with so much health jargon. So I remember the merrymakers go, oh, man, this is cool. And they straight away turned, down their, turned around their recipes. And I've, made, I've had all of the recipe creators turn it into lunch. And people who are 
on the program now go, Michelle, thank you so much for making my life easier. I'm so time poor. I'm always pulling my hair out of my head. I never thought about doubling it and then turning it into a tortilla or turning it into a frittata. And you're making my life easy. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> That's so good. It's so true, isn't it? I know, look, I'm going to cast back a few years. I did a TV show called Downsize Me. And so we helped overweight people lose weight in New Zealand. Um, you can watch it. I'm just going to do a little plug. You can watch it on Channel 7 2 in Australia. Now, we, we did this and I had to write a recipe book. I, look, I, I'm a very simple cook. I'm no chef. So I put together this recipe book and all of the meals had to be 20-minute meals. And I didn't make it organic. And the reason why I didn't make it organic is because it's not accessible for everybody. Yeah, now, for sure. n- not that it's Not that organic's not good, mm-hmm. but the stress about finding organic is probably more detrimental to your health than actually eating some foods that have been grown that aren't organic, you know, if you know what I mean. Oh, absolutely. That is absolutely our philosophy. In fact, a lot of my colleagues who are nutritionists have looked at the program and they say, wow, Michelle, you've taken a liberal approach around this. You haven't said that they have to have organic chicken or organic broccoli. And I said, no, absolutely not, because this program is meant to get people interested, get them going on the journey. A lot of people want to do this, but they're fearful. They're like, oh, that's, that's, too, that's too big step for me. I want them to dip their toe into the water, start doing these kind of things, start to feel a little bit better, see that their kids aren't suddenly going, oh, this isn't so bad. This is okay, right? I talk about crowding in so much good food that the kids forget about. Where's the Tim Tams? Where's this? Because there's stuff there, and mm. it tastes good. Mm. And they, it almost tastes so good that people go, really, is this healthy? Mm. So I don't, um, in our program, we don't do organic. If people do organic, well, that's a bonus. bonus yeah. But it doesn't need to be organic. The first step is just getting it clean, getting it low sugar. And, and once it becomes tasty, and then it becomes a habit, Right, because if it's not tasty, right, people are going to bulk from it, right. But all of a sudden, if it's tasty and it's done every day, all of a sudden, one step, one foot in front of the next, and all of a sudden, it's become a habit. Mm. 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 Yeah, I'm liking that. That's really good. So I had to make all these meals that were 20 minute meals. That's it, 20 minutes. And I found that it was easier to make your dinner bigger to be able to have a lunch um, the next day, which is great. And uh, so that, I know that system works. And for, for people that are, I suppose, uh, morphologically challenged, let's put it that way. I've never used that term before. I just made that up. Do you like that? Morphologically challenged. (laughs) Jeepers, there'll be people laughing at that one. Morphologically challenged. There you go. Well, it's a great way of saying that someone's overweight and they're not happy with it. Um, If they're in that space, it's got to be easy. And they've got to be able to get great results really quickly. This is the reason why bariatric surgery um, is so... It's, it's, it's the option that many people end up taking because it gives them that quick fix. So I know this guy who owns a cafe and he's got beautiful food in this cafe. But for him, it was too difficult to, to make the lifestyle change. So he went and got the band put on, lost 37 kilos, and now he's motivated to eat well. Right. So it, it can work, you know, positively. I prefer that people didn't go, go that route, but, and, you know, maybe learned another way. But you've got to get fast results. Now, we know that fast results come from eating real food. Mm-hmm. Do you need to be as extreme as no carb or no protein or no fat? 
Uh, absolutely not. I don't believe in an extreme approach on any of those things. In fact, today, um, when we were speaking in, in a relatively paleo environment, I was quite nervous about speaking, which normally I'm not because I'm a true New York and I love this topic and I could talk about anything. But I was nervous because what I wanted to, how I wanted to introduce myself and, and, I, and about my philosophy is that everybody is individual. So in sometimes grains and complex carbohydrates are a very good thing, particularly for people that are um, running on their adrenals, right, and are adrenally exhausted. Um, but I spoke about this today. You can eat a lot of really clean food that's good complex carbohydrates, protein, and fat. And not gain weight. Mm -hmm. Because when you're reducing the sugar in your diet, that's really the piece of the puzzle that people don't realize that has been creating the inflammation, the oxidation, and the extra weight gain. Right? It's not the protein and the fat. So, um, so yeah, we do embrace um, complex carbohydrates. For somebody that is um, wanting to lose weight, we don't recommend complex carbohydrates at night because they don't need that fuel on board at night. Right. I always say, unless you're going to dance on a table or run a marathon <laughs> or you're an HSC student that needs to be yeah. studying at night, we don't really need those complex carbohydrates at, at night. So you're saying it's okay to dance on a table? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you're not dancing on a table, you're not living. And, and the, Yeah. And I think this is the big important message. You and I spoke about this before we turned on the mic, is that mm. bring back the love of food. Mm. People need to bring back the love of food. The it's communal. It's, it's happy. It should be we should come back to those traditions. And there's lots of studies, actually, that show having a family meal intermittently doesn't have to happen every night. But there's studies that show that those families have fewer incidents of drug abuse or um, even um, oh, um, not obesity, um, uh, brain fart. Sorry. <laughs> um, oh, uh, bulimia and, and right. eating eating disorders. Eating disorders. Right. Yes, thank yep. you. For, okay. Yeah, thank yes, you. Yeah. Sure. So less incidences of eating disorders just because they have a communal family table. So I've looked More at like a, a ritual. Correct. Mm -hmm. I really like to look at evidence-based studies and research, and I really I quote a lot of them. Mm -hmm. I've written my book, Beating Sugar Addictions for Dummies, mm -hmm. and I was selected to write that book because I'm a qualified nutritionist and I love evidence-based research. Yes. Um, so, so a couple of other things around that is what I find is that Children will say to me all the time, I don't have a family meal. I don't have, we don't have family dinner together. Mm. We, I never have. I never, you know, because parents are time poor. Mm. Well, everybody's time poor, so we've got to start seeking out these programs, recipe books, or things like that where we can create an easy meal. It doesn't mm. have to be a gourmet meal, but an easy meal that we can double up and repackage for lunch the next day. How refreshing. That's just beautiful. That's just nice. I really like it. I love that. And I, I know bringing back the love of food I think is really important. And we've got to drop the fear around food. And there's a lot of fear around food. And I noticed that you said it um, in part of a conversation was the non-glutinous grains. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm also a big, um, um, would I say proponent, or like, I, I like to encourage people to explore um, the utilisation of grains that are non-glutinous if they're going to eat grains. So I'm, I'm not 
anti-grain by any stretch of the imagination. Hence the reason why I've got my my forage cereal company. So right. I've I've got that, and it's all gluten free because I understand the research suggests, and we're talking evidence based, right? Mm, yes. We have the research suggests that gluten containing grains are linked to 200 different autoimmune diseases, right? So I go, okay, well, if that's the case, why don't we move those out of the road? Now, there's nutrients in grain that we can get access to, which is great. Some people say there's anti-nutrients in grain. Mm-hmm. They talk about it, which are the phylates, and, mm-hmm. and that's okay because th- we're meant to have some challenge in our body and stress is not only good, or not only bad, it can be also good. So that's all right, that's fine. But what do you say to people that are fearful of grain? What's, what's your thing? I say, do not discriminate against the grain. <laughs> uh, again, it just depends on the person and the bioindividuality and what's happening with them. But what I like about non-glutinous grains, or well, let's first go back to just grains in general. Mm-hmm. And so you were talking about grains and autoimmune. Mm-hmm. We also know now that um, a lot of our wheat grain, right, uh, our glutinous grains are connected to depression. Yeah. So Deakin University did a fabulous study this year on um, depression and gluten. In fact, I, the, where Deacon I saw... Did that. Yeah, Deakin really? University. Actually... Australia is um, doing some amazing work at, at Deakin and the University of Melbourne, Professor Felice Jacka. Mm-hmm. She is going to take nutrition, mood, anxiety, food... She's going to take that on the world stage. Last Felice week, Becker. she yeah, wow. she released a um, Lancet article last year, really? one of the first around an amazing study on food, depression, and anxiety. And she knows that this has been my space for a long time. So the two of us are doing a couple of conferences called ProPsych mm-hmm. um, for teachers and educators, mm-hmm. um, which will be really interesting and fun because I love that space. But just going back to non-glutinous grains. So I love the use of quinoa, amaranth, brown rice, and all those types of things. And I think there's something that a lot of people don't know. And when I say this, it all is like an aha moment for many people. So everybody needs more serotonin. You Mm -hmm. said it even in your talk, right? And I love, you know, I love serotonin. Everyone I know needs more serotonin. So how do we get serotonin in our diet? So let's look at protein. Protein breaks down to many amino acids, and one of them is tryptophan. Let's look at complex carbohydrates and some non-glutinous grains. They contain lots of B vitamins. Guess what? Tryptophan plus B vitamins creates serotonin. It is impossible biochemically for our body to create that pathway to serotonin without those bees. Now, do we get bees in other parts of our diets? Yes, we do. But guess what? Some of those grains that I'm talking about, those non-glutinous grains, they're very high in vitamin Bs. So a great conversion. And I love that story. I'm like, don't fear the grain. That's so good. Well, we know that obviously through the digestion of carbohydrate uh, that we do get access to a lot of B vitamins. Now, the cooking process can destroy a lot of those B vitamins, but of course we also know that the manuf- the digestion of the starchy fibres by the bacteria in our gut also manufactures B vitamins, right, which is really important. There's a lot of sad people out there um, fearful of grain and they might benefit from a little bit. Now, I'm not 
promoting that you go out and you're just going at grain just because. You may, it may be better for you not to have it. However, you don't need to be so fearful of it. It's not, there's millions and millions of people every single day eating rice um, every single day. In fact, there's billions, not millions. There's billions. <laughs> there are billions. There's billions of people around the world <laughs> eating rice, and it's keeping them alive and keeping them, you know, more than alive. Like some of these places are turning the world upside down. Look at China, for example. Look at Japan. Look at um, India. You know, it's it's a, it is an incredible thing. And then the phenomenon around the ancient grains. So talking about millet and mm. quinoa and amaranth. Um, Spout, yeah. So we're looking at all those sorts of things, and we, I just want people to feel a bit more relaxed yeah. about it. Freaker, mm. Freaker's the new Freaker, Freaker's the new Freaker, um, eh? Yeah, Freaker's yeah. the new Kate Middleton. Like, it's so <laughs> sexy to talk about Freaker, but Freaker yeah. is a is a mm. grain. Even though it's a glutinous, mm-hmm. it's not as um, sort of disruptive on the digestive system. But I mean, even at this conference that we're at now, I love the fact that Mark Sizen, you know, opened up the conference and said, you know. Let's move to more of a middle ground. And, and uh, you know, I, I love that philosophy is, of course, some people just can't have those grains, uh, but let's not fear them unless there's a need to fear them. Yeah, that's great. The middle ground is good. The middle ground is good. It's always good to be on the fringe because you don't take up too much room, right? But it's, you know, but when you're on the fringe, then at, at some point you're going to need to move back into uh, what is healthful because being 100% is stressful. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Now, you, uh, you mentioned before, Michelle, that you're going to be doing a very exciting talk coming up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we get so excited. Because I think this is amazing. <laughs> I think this is amazing. I get super excited. So um, I am very much a practitioner that, of course, when we're looking at um, health and wellness and nutrition, of course, we're looking at increasing immunity. Um, we are looking at dampening down inflammation. We are looking at um, building lean body mass. Um, you know, we're looking at all these things physically. But, of course, I'm always looking at the mental function, clarity. Um, concentration. I'm always looking at trying to help people off the spectrum of cognitive dysfunction, anything from ADHD to memory loss to brain fog to Alzheimer's um, and dementia. So really um, working a lot in that mental space. And so a couple of months ago, I got a phone call from the conference coordinators, um, and they host a conference called Happiness and Its Causes. And I have followed this conference for many years, almost stalking it. And um, I've never been able to attend it because of uh, other commitments that I had. And this year, um, I got a phone call from the conference coordinators, and they said, Michelle, you've been selected to um, speak, and we would like you to speak. And the topic we'd like you to speak on is energy, vitality, and serotonin. It's all in your food. And it just is it's thrilling to me because I get to speak with the Dalai Lama. So the Dalai Lama is the host of this conference. And for me, what it represents represents is that the world is now opening up to looking at one nutritional medicine as a preventative tool. I speak a lot on behalf of the World Health Organization and some of its proposed guidelines. But when somebody, the conference that includes the Dalai Lama as their host is asking about talking about food and serotonin and happiness, I think we are we are so winning in this war of nutritional awareness and nutritional transformation which is just awesome 
It's so awesome. You know what's awesome is that when you get in the zone, you close your eyes. Oh, wait. <laughs> like, you get in the zone. I love it. You just like get into this state. It's like someone's like playing through. You've got like a – it's like you've got like a – what is it? Like an autoprompter <laughs> like behind your eyelids. It's really nice. It's good to watch. No, I don't apologize. I really love it. I love it, Michelle. Uh, this has been so much fun. It's been really nice to have a, have a great chat and just to talk, you know, I suppose sensibly about food without any kind of hangover of a label um, without any kind of hangover of having to be 100% all the time. Yes, 100% and is exhausting. Exhausting. Mm. It's stressful. It's uh, it's really tough. And also, you know, you mentioned that you've got children at home yes. and, you know, they might be playing with some bad food and pizza and maybe some soft drinks. And I know my son Jackson loves his chocolate and uh, I love chocolate too. Mm-hmm. So um, it's nice to know that there's other like-minded people like yourself, nutritionists like yourself and me that are out there saying, just relax a bit. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, what what's great is conferences like this or podcasts like yours create awareness, right? So people get excited. They hear these things. Go, I can definitely relate to what that girl's saying, that crazy New Yorker nutritionist. I can relate <laughs> to what she's saying. And then... What, what I kept seeing happening is people got, became aware, but when they got back in their house, they're like, oh, I'm aware, but I don't know what to do. And that's when I went, okay, great. I'm going to create this online program where every day someone is getting a tiny message. Mm-hmm. So it's what I call a nutritional bite. Mm-hmm. So it comes to them in an email. They get daily recipes, all these kinds of things, so that they can take them on this journey without having to log into a website to to put in numbers or anything. It's so simple, Damien, that it's actually frightening how simple it is, but it allows me to be in somebody's home delivering a message, taking them on a journey. So it's where digital meets physical because people have a whole team of nutritionists that they can contact and talk to as well. I love that, Michelle. So people are going to fall in love with you, you listen to this podcast. And now where are they going to be able to get more of your information? Where, do they go to a website? Can they join you on Facebook? Can they follow you on Instagram? What, what can they do? Yep, absolutely. So um, they can go to our website, which is called myfamilywellness.com.au. Go on there and get your free download of recipes and things like that. So, and you'll get a sense of, oh, because you'll hear these great testimonials from real people and real mothers going, wow. Wow, this was amazing. So go there, get your free download. Um, our programs are not expensive. It's seventy nine dollars. Mm-hmm. I offer a full money back guarantee, no questions asked. There hasn't been one person that's been through our journey with us that hasn't loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so myfamilywellness.com.au, and the first program is called Low Sugar Lifestyle. I'm also on Facebook under Low Sugar Lifestyle. I'm on Instagram. I am also on, oh yeah, lots of Facebook, lots of Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. So yeah, just Low Sugar Lifestyle, but the website is called My Family Wellness because we intend to have other programs that help facilitate family wellness. I'm also one of Jamie Oliver's ambassadors here in Australia and have very much the same philosophy of of his. And I'm actually hoping that some of the proceeds from our, our, our program will go to some of his charities. I'm a great believer. 
Oh, well, well, congratulations, Michelle. It's been so lovely. It's been amazing, actually, to talk to you. And so I've been blessed to have met you and even more blessed to have interviewed you and got to know you more. So thank you so much, Michelle. Oh, thank you. This was awesome. And if you ever need another nutritionist that can keep talking about <laughs> so many different things, I'm your go-to girl. All right. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Everyone, you would have loved that. Go Make sure you check out Michelle and uh, and and spread the message. So... With all of that, make sure you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Guys, and tell us what you thought of this episode. I'm sure you loved it. I loved it. Share this podcast with your friends and your family and other strangers you think need a wellness update, particularly those who are a little bit hardcore around food. Like, help them relax. Subscribe to us on iTunes, and while you're there, leave us a five-star rating and give us a comment. Give us good ones. We love them, and lots of five-star ratings. Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guys Show. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.